sorry, Mulder. We have a whole new assignment. Running down people that buy fertilizer? This is scut work, bozo work. This is the FBI equivalent of being made to wear an orange jumpsuit and pick up trash by the side of the highway. They mean to humiliate us. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And this week, we have our returning guest, Nick. Welcome back, Nick. Hey, y'all. In honor of the occasion, I'm doing my finest Langley casual cosplay here. Unshaven, (laughs) uncut, and uh, ready to talk about uh, weird stuff? Yeah. Exactly. We will get to the episode in a hot minute. I have a few things that... I I have not been very organized lately. So first of all, for our bonus episode for season five, I forgot to do that thing where I tell y'all which episodes you could watch if you wanted to watch more of the season. There are only really two that I think are noteworthy that we didn't cover, and it's episode nine, Shazini. I don't know how to pronounce it, but (laughs) and then the Pine Pluff variant. All the other episodes, I'm not like a big fan of. Travelers has like. The origin of the X Files, so that's kind of interesting, I guess. The rest, I'm like. Mm. Secondly, um, I forgot to mention that the movie was our 50th episode of the podcast. Oh, really? That's crazy. Oh. And then to cover the mythology, we aren't talking about. I'm going to briefly talk about the beginning, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> In the words of John Darnielle, I feel so good. I'm going to do this song that I hate. Okay. So Yurosoki Man has Gibson praise, and they're, like, doing brain surgery on him for some reason. I guess they're, like, trying to get him to not be able to read minds or find out how he reads minds. I don't really know. It's never explained. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Spinder and Diana Fowley are assigned to the X-Files instead of Mulder and Scully. So we come to them unassigned from the X-Files now. They finally got to them. (laughs) (laughs) An alien develops in a worker's body and then like goes on the loose and ends up in a nuclear power plant. And Gibson can talk to the alien. So him and the alien are kind of vibing together. And then like Diana's like helping Mulder until like everybody else is around. And then she's like, oh, no, I just saw him. I just like came here to this <laughs> nuclear reactor and he was there. And that's why I have a gun pointed at him. <laughs> she said, I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, that's causing some tension between him and Scully because Scully mm-hmm. is like, I don't trust her. And he's like, no, no, no. She's on the up and up. She cares. And yeah, that's essentially what happens. I, as soon as I saw the cactus, I like... It was driven mad. I was like, this is so fucking ugly. <laughs> like, where's my rain? <laughs> so, on to the episode. We are talking season six, episode two, Drive. This aired November 15th, 1998. It was written by our boy, Vince Gilligan, and directed by my boy, Rob Bowman. <laughs> Winning combo. <laughs> yes, yes. I was like... He's so good. This episode actually won an award. The DP won an award for oh nice his work because it it took like an effort to like not make it because they had to fight the lighting because mm-hmm. they're outdoors in like sunny California. It is a great directed episode. I really love it. Yeah, the camera work is really great. 
And this is one mm-hmm. of my favorite cold opens too. Like, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be Vince without the meta sort of Fox reference. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, this is so like you can there's a clear line you can draw from like <laughs> the his work in the X-Files to Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, <laughs> because the cold opens are like so such a telltale yep. sign of both of the the work on both the shows, like all three of the shows for mm-hmm. him. The plot is Mulder and Scully play hooky and ditch their grunt work assignment and follow Mulder's hunch on a high speed chase with an unusual death. Mulder gets taken hostage by Mr. Crump, played by Brian Cranston, and he and the guy are stuck driving west or else Crump's head will explode. <laughs> They struggle to find a cure, but it's all for naught because he dies before Scully can attempt to save him. I have a bit of background about this episode. So, very obviously, this episode's inspired by Speed, the movie. <laughs> One of a hundred movies I've seen. That's really good. <laughs> they even reference it in the episode. Yeah, they even reference it. Yeah, thanks, 20th century. <laughs> yeah. So it was it's speed, and then it was also influenced by this episode of Homicide Life on the Street, which I'll get to in a minute. But the original idea was uh, Gilligan had this idea of like this tilto whirl someone's stuck on. Oh God! And like holding everybody hostage. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> and he's like, they can't stop because the guy has holding them hostage, and they're like, why? It's like because he'll. His head will explode if it stops. And it became like such a running gag in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that idea ended up being this, uh, which is just very funny to me. I yeah. really hope that they attempt it in whatever this new like speculative fiction thing that he's doing for Apple TV is. Like second episode, mm-hmm. you know, Tilt a World Hostage Case. Oh, hell yes. That would yes. be so funny. Of course. So... The I love the cold open too. It's like the news, the balance of like news coverage mm-hmm. of like a very meta, and then like cutting to the scene and then cutting back. It's just yeah. great. It's like such a interesting way to like freshen up of what could be like a very rote approach to like a cold open for the X Files. Yeah, exactly. I just I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Patrick Crump, played by Brian Cranston, is driving in his high speed chase. They get the uh, tire spikes out for him but then like (laughs) when his wife's in the car with the cops like her head explodes and it's like what the hell is happening and then it's like oh okay uh credits (laughs) 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 it's like his tilt-toe world idea but just like very very condensed (laughs) yeah like it's this idea that just kind of constantly amps up the suspense Mm -hmm. until it just finally breaks and then there's that okay cut 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 which is also, you know, it's fun mm-hmm. in universe. Like it feels like you're watching Fox in '96 <laughs> or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. '98, yes. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's like momentum that, like Vince, especially, is like one of the writers I've. He's like one of the best writers I've seen about like continual motion, like this momentum mm-hmm. of plot. It's because Breaking Bad was so good at that. And like, you're kind of, this feels like a little mini Breaking Bad in that sense, like really honing his skills about like the actual plot of the episode is like nothing. Totally. <laughs> it really right. is very m- minimal. 
but we just have this guy who needs to be driving and it really doesn't matter why it's just a need that he needs to do drive 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 <laughs> so Mulder and Scully are in Idaho doing grunt work they're basically doing background checks for people who buy <laughs> ammonium nitrate in very large quantities I love which, this okay Nick, this beet farmer he's hilarious Nick, do you know who Junior Brown is? He's like a country and western artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually there is a okay, connection to him, the yeah. to the Gilligan verse again because when Better Call Saul is starting up, um, he had Junior Brown, who's this beat farmer, do an in universe like um, what the cartel song was to Breaking Bad. <laughs> he did a commercial for you know Saul Goodman um, as Junior Brown. It's really fun. I've oh, got cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like a big fan of Junior Brown. Uh, Vince actually paid out of his own pocket to have Junior Brown flown to be That's in the great. show. <laughs> That's cute. I love that. He like flew him in from Oklahoma to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so there's he he has like foil on his TV antenna. It's just perfect. It's like mess of a house, and he's just like. I got the papers around here somewhere. <laughs> I like how he opens the screen door, but not like wide enough to where anyone else can actually open it. So it just like opens and closes real quick. And then Scully's like, oh, okay, I guess I will go in. <laughs> exactly. And Mulder sees, this is where he sees a car chase. He sees on TV and he sees the head explode. And he's like, that's enough for him. He's like, okay, I'm hooked. I got it. <laughs> Let's go, Scully. Mulder's like, I already found something way more interesting. Yeah, I like how strong his yeah, bullshit yeah. sense is. Like, he's literally, like, sitting on 20,000 pounds of fertilizer, you know, like, not really that long after the Oklahoma City bombing. And Mulder's like, mm, right. this is a nothing burger. We gotta go <laughs> to Las Vegas. Or Nevada, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he's just like so uninterested. It's so wild because like domestic terrorism, even at that time, was like he, like right. That's like important. It's not just like bozo work, as he seems to imply. <laughs> like this is a credible threat. <laughs> like sure, maybe checking every farmer that orders ammonium nitrate is grunt work, mm -hmm. but like the department itself is it. But he's just like doesn't care even a little. <laughs> Immediately calls the sheriff, immediately is like, Scully, like, let's go. Like, the FBI means to humiliate us with this work. Why don't we ditch and just take on this case? Nobody will know. We'll be in and out in a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very little uh, convincing needed for Scully. She's like, okay, yeah, sure, let's go. She's also bored <laughs> out of her mind. It's not like she likes this either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be bossed around by this beat farmer and won't even hold the door open for her. <laughs> Exactly. While Crump's in the holding cell, we see that he starts to experience symptoms. His nose is bleeding. His ears are ringing. And we meet the sheriff who, like, so this is my, played by Michael O'Neill, mm -hmm. who is, like, a very much a character actor. He's, like, right. that guy and everything. Totally. Yeah. I literally wrote, oh, that one cop guy extra dude. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember where I placed him from, so I was just like, oh, man, this is really weird. And um, he's one of the scientists, and as much as anybody can be a scientist in a Michael Bay movie, in the first Transformers <laughs> movie. Yeah. Just, that that mustache, you know. Yeah, I remember him, like, very distinctly from this episode of Leverage I watched as a child, like, as a teen, <laughs> I guess, that I was, like, very enamored with, because it was, like, one of those where it's, like, it's just really good, and he's, like, a very corrupt sheriff. Like, he's, like... 
like this is a one horse town and I'm the horse like you know like I'm <laughs> I'm the law of this town and uh it's he's great I really like him but he's just like I want to stress how much we did not shoot and kill this woman <laughs> right yeah. that was hilarious he's like this was not us not us <laughs> this time not us yeah yeah so Mulder's like, yeah, we're game. And he gets a little bit more info about like him driving west. He drives east initially and then starts driving west. Scully examines the body. It's all exit wound. There is no entrance wound. It's just like a bomb went off in her ear, as the Emmy says. And there's a little tiny pop. <laughs> it gets blood all over Scully. And she's like, oh, I'm no, done. Like, what have I got myself into? <laughs> she's like, and I'm done. Yeah, so much for the quick in and out. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking about quarantines, like, <laughs> contagions. Oh, my goodness. She cannot catch a break. <laughs> yeah. There's a really neat little camera work thing that happens here. Like, even when people are static or they're not moving, like, when Mulder's just, like, looking at the map or when Scully is going in and, like, scrubbing up, there are these slow pans. So even when the characters aren't moving the camera is so it just mm-hmm. kind of continues to ramp up the momentum and it makes you feel like you're still mm-hmm. constantly in motion and this is when i first noticed yeah. it i thought that was really mm-hmm. neat that's really interesting because i um i watched that homicide episode which first yes. of all <laughs> i forgot to I, I forgot to circle around to this first of all i found out through watching half an episode of homicide that the production order and the air order are different mm-hmm. <laughs> Which leads them to get easily mislabeled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ooh, I fun. watched the wrong episode for like half of it. Same. But I hated I hated the camera work. It was so awful. I just hated the direction in Homicide of like, I think it was like Saigon Road as I actually watched. Yep. And then yeah. I watched Subway, which I actually, the camera work wasn't as bad, but like it was a little too like, two detectives are talking and the camera is just circling around them. And I was just like, I don't really like this. Like this feels very like... I don't know. I don't really like this direction in this scene, right? Yeah. Uh, I also watched it, and I think we were watching it from the same source because I did watch the beginning of Saigon Rose, and I was like, where's Vincent <laughs> D'Onofrio? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, like, the part where they I hope it didn't take you 20 minutes to find that uh, out. Uh, no, it didn't. It, wa- it took the cold open, and I was just like, I don't think we're going to the Metro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- I truly thought it was going to be, like, an A-B plot, and then there was no B plot. And I was like, okay, this isn't the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but like the actual scene in Subway where they're like explaining the situation, the Metro police are to like um, uh, Andre Brower and I can't remember, but they show like his legs and then they go back above the subway and then they're like his mangled legs, you know, on the subway track. I was just like, this is so disorienting. Like we're not mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of already know as a viewer what the situation is, but now you're actively like fucking me up like do i actually know is this actually important and no it's just being Mm -hmm. conveyed in a poor way yeah like there were definitely scenes in that episode i really liked like at the end where like andre brower gets pushed back Mm -hmm. and so it's him kind of on his ass like stunned that he's watching this dude die yeah that he's just been talking to for like was like 40 minutes i think i think it's kind of a real time-ish thing and it would that like that was great, but then like a lot of it was just like I don't like this direction like mm-hmm. even a little. But like Andre Rower is so good, mm-hmm. I am kind of tempted to watch the rest of Homicide because he's incredible in it. Totally. But like everybody else, I was like not that into. I did think that one detective that was helping him, I want to say his name's Tim. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, wow, he's kind of cute. And then I, <laughs> I looked him up because I was like, what's his name? And he played um, Lily Can- Kane's father in Veronica Mars. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, I cannot find him attractive. Ew. <laughs> he looked hot in the 90s. though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you know why Veronica's mom slept with him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I know everyone slept with him. Right. It all starts with that David Simon show, Homicide. You know, it was everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realize that he took inspiration from that. Um, Homicide was my propaganda of choice when I was a kid. Um, and I remembered this episode. Um, I went to rewatch it after you tweeted that, and I was just like, oh, what are the similarities? But there's like literally a moment. Um, I, you're not even 10 minutes into the Homicide app where one of the Metro police says to the actual cops, the second we move him, he's a goner, referring to this character who's supposed to be, you know, our crump in that homicide episode. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. like, the setup is different, but we get a lot of the same sort of character beats from D'Onofrio's character, John Lang, and Brian Cranston's Mm -hmm. Mr. Crump, which I think Mm -hmm. is interesting. I would have never watched that and thought to just pull that character out of that situation and into a different one, especially one that's as you know, kind of opposed uh, the subway thing. Like he's not moving and with drive it's in constant motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Another thing I liked about the homicide episode is that like minus the direction, which I wasn't a fan of, it had this real like kinetic energy Yeah, that was like really good that like, I liked how like slim down it is in drive. Like, you know, you have like EMTs, M- like the Metro, workers firefighters everybody working to like as soon as we need to pull this guy out we need to like have a game plan which is kind of similar to like the end of drive but like it was that was really good but i like the approach of just taking the you know the core of like the detective and (laughs) andre brower and vincent d'onofrio just talking about like i know i'm about to die like how like just talking about that essentially it was really good yeah totally so Crump is being taken away in an amb- ambulance, and Mulder's following along. And then, <laughs> as Crump is being put in motion, he's recovering from his, you know, illness. And so he, <laughs> he what's that line in Thirty Rock? Where <laughs> she's like, it's like she's crazy. Like grab a cop's gun, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Jennifer Anderson's character. Like, so Crump grabs the guy's gun and then takes Mulder hostage. So it is just like immediately like, let's just get to the action. Yep. Like <laughs> perfect. Yeah, Crump for his many faults, like, uh, it's really hard to blame him for anything that he does in this episode, aside from the casual racism. Um, we'll hold him accountable for that. Yes. Um right. but like they talk about in the ambulance, they are like, yeah, we've tried everything with this guy. We've, like, given him Narcan. We can't seem to snap him out. Like, he's been a horrible patient as far as, you know, <laughs> what they've subjected him to. I can't really blame him mm-hmm. for grabbing the gun at this point. Like, get me out of the vehicle. Right. <laughs> yeah. I cannot have them keep testing me. Like, yeah. especially because he's so distrustful of the government to begin with. Right. And so we we get to it. Like, Mulder's being taken hostage. And we also have Scully getting to get for her part where someone tries to walk in the lab and she's like on the phone and she's just like you out i love how like when she's like a ang- tiny angry scully like she's get great. out quarantine yeah she calls to tell Mulder, and he's like okay well i've been taken hostage so <laughs> that's that's on me maybe 
So we get to the meat of the episode, which is Crump and Mulder, or Mr. Crump, as he would like to be called. <laughs> <laughs> and he already hates Mulder. He finds out he's FBI, and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's you. I know what y'all did to me. And Mulder's like, I don't know what you're talking about at all, which is like interesting because it's like, Mulder, you do know the government tests on people. Like, you were like one of the only FBI members who would admit this right. fully. Yeah. <laughs> He's forgotten all about that since being on a side from the X Files. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, Tuskegee experiment who? <laughs> and <laughs> Crump throws the phone out the window, which apparently they meant to throw a fake phone, but they accidentally threw a real phone out the window. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Crap. Oops. <laughs> Mulder stops at like a light and then like we find out that he needs constant motion because Crump starts getting sick and Mulder is smart enough to piece it together and he's like, okay, like let me just run this red light, dodge a bunch of cars, drive off the road. And it's like, this is normal driving for Mulder, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like he's used to handling a, a Ford Taurus this way. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to whip that thing around. Yeah. He does a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun and exciting when he's not doing it to like a uh, scully or some random innocent bystander yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah and Mulder says you stop moving you die i saw this movie <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever do that thing where like you have an inside joke but it's actually like a misquote of something i feel like yes okay i have like stuff i get stuck in my head and I can't remember the source material. Right. So I have to bring this up. It's another Fox crossover, but there's an early Bob's Burgers episode where Bob is building um, the model bus from speed. And the actual quote is bus from speed. But like rain and I always just go speed bus. Like every time <laughs> speed, the movie speed is mentioned. And so in my head, I just wrote down like in my notes, I just wrote down speed bus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Perfect. I do like when they do this, especially like with the Fox broadcast and then like right. referencing, you know, specifically a movie that was produced by 20th Century Fox. Um right. it's a real mm-hmm. big like I don't know, everything just feels so connected even if it's not <laughs> actually. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But like uh I just couldn't help thinking about like how Cranston's first gigs were probably doing the Power Rangers voices mm-hmm. on Fox. Um, he got his start in like voice acting. I don't think I knew like, that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. ran- random aliens on the English dub of Power Rangers, which aired on Fox Kids. And then he got this. And then from there, it was like Malcolm in the Middle. And then, yeah. you know, on to other things. Right. But it's just mm-hmm. so interesting how like just weird shit like that just crops up. Yeah. I would not have expected the the speed bus from Bob's Burgers. But there you go. You know, TV dad yeah, decreed it so. Bus. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's nice to know that the movie Speed both exists in the Bob's Burgers and the X-Files universe. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, also about Brian Cranston in this role, like, so they were having a hard time casting this mm-hmm. because Vince was like, I want the guy to be like a like an asshole, <laughs> but I want you to feel bad for him by the end of the episode. Right. So they had a lot of people read it who could be an asshole, but you don't really feel bad for them by the end of it. And so it was, like, very close to, like, when they needed to start shooting. And Brian Cranston walked in. And I think there was a miscommunication. He wasn't even supposed to read for Crump. He thought he was supposed to read for Crump. But Rick was, um, Rick Milken, I think. So he was like, well, you know, I feel bad. I'll let him read for it. And they were like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this guy gets it. (laughs) And then, like, 
you know, this is very similar to Walter Wright. You want somebody who is like a, you know, an asshole and kind of a a jerk and every, you know, just a shitty person. Mm -hmm. But like, you do want that empathy because like, at least he did. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's it's one of those things. It's a whole nother conversation about how like, yeah, but (laughs) yeah. It's one of those things where I think it's like Brian Cranston has a face you can feel like sort of empathetic towards. And then like that is kind of the hook with Walter White because Walter White is just mm-hmm. an asshole, you know, pretty much. But like it's like kind of the opposite of this. It's like he's like this role is more of like the the like an asshole up front. And then you get that empathetic hook there kind of at the end, you know? Yeah. yeah. Were you going to say something, Nick? Well, I was just going to say that I'm going to try really hard throughout this episode to uh, rein in all the Breaking Bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that yeah. a lot of this does come from um, the same motivation for Crump and for Walter White does kind of come from wanting to do something good at the beginning. Yeah. And that quickly spiraling out of control. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, you know, before we get too deep into it, you know, I think that they do end up having a very similar arc. Um, which is kind mm-hmm. of wild to see in microcosm. Um, but I think it all kind of comes from the same place um, in Vince's writing. And I, I'm really speculating here. I don't know. any. I don't, he's not my bud. He's not on this podcast. <laughs> but I do think a lot of it kind of comes from this sort of um, widely perceived death of the American dream during the yeah. 70s. I think that, that informs mm-hmm. a lot of things that people his age write. You know, things like mm-hmm. the X-Files, like Chris Carter, I think would, agree wildly to that you know we just can't depend on any institutions much less our government yeah to kind of keep us in the know about things or even shit like uh what was that dumb netflix show bill burr f for family f is for family right i think that i I didn't really care for a lot of that show but the central idea of it is just like airplane strikes you know my job is less important than i am as an individual um, and this whole sort of idea that everything just kind of falls apart there. Like you do the right things, you get up and you go to work every single day mm-hmm. and the world is still going to, you know, collapse in on you in the end. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. Totally. That's the big through line that connects these two characters for me is just mm-hmm. that sort of message in their ideology. Yeah. But I could also be wildly off base. Um, again, <laughs> I don't think I totally you are, agree with yeah. that. I think, yeah, I think Crump has like a lot more valid arguments of like his reason to be aggrieved, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was tested on by the U.S. government, and Walter White just like unfortunately got cancer, and mm-hmm. it, it in his mind gave him license to be a complete and utter asshole about <laughs> right. it and like become right. power hungry, which he always wanted, mm-hmm. right? And I do think it's really fascinating that like you get an actor like Brian Cranston, and he's so talented, and he's so good at like making you feel bad for him. I rooted for Walter Wright way longer than I should have, and looking back, <laughs> I was like, why did I, right? Why did I stick with like thinking like I don't know? It's right. just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's just like damn, like he's really good, but like maybe he's a little too good. <laughs> <laughs> So with Mulder's help, they avoid the roadblock because Crump didn't realize they were doing a roadblock. And Mulder's <laughs> like, there's a helicopter above us. Right. <laughs> and this is our first introduction with Kirsch. Well, the podcast's first introduction with Kirsch. Mm-hmm. He's very briefly in the beginning, but he's their new boss. 
And he is totally different from Skinner. He's very he, not, no nonsense. He doesn't have as much patience for his chaos children as Skinner. No, they're not his children. They're yeah. his employees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he calls his call and he's like, where are you right now? <laughs> but I love his deadpan delivery. I think James Pickens mm-hmm. Jr. does a great job. Also, I looked up where he's like most known for did not realize he was on Grey's Anatomy for like 200 mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his That's heart. like getting drafted. Can he suck like a hospital drama, network drama for like 200 episodes? Like, oh my God. Proudly served our country in the Shondaverse. Yep. <laughs> I was <laughs> about really to say. <laughs> I had forgotten that Kirsch was a big part of the show until we watched this episode. And I was just like, oh shit. We're in sunny California now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk to Skinner anymore. <laughs> or Skinner doesn't talk to us, rather. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was funny because in the beginning, the episode before this, they had like the continuation of the fight the future panel like examining Mulder and Scully's every actions trying to get them fired and they voted on it and they voted that they wouldn't get reinstated to the X-Files and Mulder and Skinner are talking about it and Skinner's like oh yeah we voted (laughs) Mulder's like what was the vote and he's like uh, it was unanimous. <laughs> and then Mulder gives him a look and it's like, Skinner's like, I have to, I can't, I'm no use to you outside the circle. I had right. to vote no. Yeah. And he's just like, mm. but there's like, why are you mad at Skinner and you're giving Diana a pass? Like, he, they're doing yeah. the exact same things. But like, Skinner's anyway. protected you for so long, Mulder. Like, come on. He literally has no, like, stop thinking me they're dick, Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> We find out there was another victim and that he was a, a meter reader, which is c- crucial because Scully puts together that he probably read the meter at the Crump's place and that maybe the origin of this is at their place instead of Airborne or something. And Crump just really hates Mulder. And this is where he gets really anti-Semitic, which like <laughs> Vince was like, OK, I want to make him like unenjoyable and like it's not enough for him to be grumpy he needs to be anti-semitic too right like he needs to be like you need to have like a genuine reason to not like him and this is it other than vibe space right (laughs) this is interesting because okay so david company is jewish right Mm -hmm. and so Mulder is not explicitly jewish but there there are two moments this one and then one in kaddish where they like heavily hint that Mulder is jewish Largely, I think, because David Duchovny is, and a lot of da- David Duchovny bleeds into Fox Mulder. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that, like, not in, like, a shit on someone's head canon way. I really don't care if someone personally believes this. But I personally don't like this because I don't like someone whose father was so heavily involved in the conspiracy of the U.S. government to be Jewish. That feels like, mm, to me. I understand that, like... Jewish heritage also is matrilineal, so it could be his mom. But, like, either way, it's, like, not my favorite thing. Yeah. And I'm glad, like, it isn't any more in the show than this, but... I mean, obviously, I'm wrong in thinking this, but I thought Mulder was Catholic. Um, So, whenever I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, lol, that's funny, because Mulder's actually, like, Catholic. He has such wasp energy. Right. He's a Protestant in my mind. Exactly. I mean, you know, I thought... This was just to prove that, like, this guy was just being an anti-Semitic asshole to be an anti-Semitic asshole. And, Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, I don't know. 
But yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it needs to be more part of his character or anything. Right. Yeah, they don't need another thing to fuck up. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, just don't touch this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like on another level to make Crump like somewhat right. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, that's just the way that it is you know, when you work in the government. Right. Yeah. I didn't like mm-hmm. that either. Yeah. Yeah. He's also pretty ableist. He makes one extremely ableist comment that I mm-hmm. do not like and I don't feel comfortable even repeating a little oh, bit yeah, the of. Word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that definitely aged the episode quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like it's funny cuz like it could have aged it to like 2007 right. to be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that word was being thrown around like way later than it ever should have been. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, I just, like, very clearly remember, like, that, like, you know, they're having to be, like, a whole PSA about, like, not using the R word. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was, like, almost an adult. Yeah. (laughs) It was wild. Yeah, and people didn't listen to anybody less than Wanda Sykes. Like, whenever you need her to start yelling at you, you know you done fucked up. Uh, also, he's like, what it kind of name is that? And I think it's like not even remotely Jewish. Like, I don't think Mulder is even remotely Jewish. Right. Which is why I think, I think it's like Dutch or something. It almost plays better if he's like not Jewish. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. This man is like so like crank that he's just like Mulder. Like Smith. Is that a Jewish name? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. <what>? Exactly. <laughs> like this couldn't be more Protestant if he tried. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe Mulder just has like kind of Catholic guilt vibes to me, and maybe that's why I just always thought he was Catholic. No, you're right. He has like insane amount of guilt, like more than Protestants ever do. Right. <laughs> but he's also an atheist, so it kind of yeah. I know a lot of uh atheists that still deal with the Catholic guilt. <laughs> right. Sure, sure. Or I just meant Catholics, like- but yeah. <laughs> Like the the Mulders were not seated in the pew either way. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, or they were not at the synagogue. They were not at church. Nope. <laughs> so Scully and a bunch of other people go fully kitted out in big suits to the Crumps, and there's a dog chained up, running back and forth, and the dog's head explodes, and we see a lot of dead birds, and we're like, That's okay, sad. like. This is like a big thing, you know. It kind of reminded me of um, in the with freeze the twenty twenty one freeze. I saw a lot of dead birds afterwards, like yeah. a lot of birds that migrated here that like we're not expecting. There was like one right before the freeze that was like right outside my apartment. <laughs> it's like I took up like a little water and like a little uh, I am blanking on the word. It's a very common word, like a a towel, like a little towel. <laughs> To, like, try to warm him up, it was, mm-hmm. like, a very lost cause, but, yeah. you know. But we find out the crumbs have a neighbor, and she survived because she's deaf. And so Scully is putting the pieces together, and she's like, okay, so this is some sort of, like, auditory thing? hmm I like this part of the episode a lot because it gives, like, it's a Mulder episode. It's, there's yeah. no way around it, you know. Um, but they do give Scully a lot of things to be in charge of. And that's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. It yeah. really started bothering me when they started calling her Agent Scully, much more so than it normally does, because she's doing a lot of Dr. Scully stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I thought about this, like this episode, they're apart a lot. But, like, it doesn't grate on me as much because it feels very necessary. Like, it doesn't feel like they're not talking to each other. It's like we both have, like, different things to investigate. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like a better use of our resources. And also you're in a car moving like somewhere completely different. <laughs> yeah. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like it never felt like either of them didn't have a lot to do. Yeah. I agree. So Mulder's asking him, like asking Crump what happened. And this is where Crump also says like another very anti-Semitic thing where he says like Jew FBI. And it's like average Trump voter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Big QAnon vibes. <laughs> yes. Like, and it's, it's very fascinating because he's like saying a lot of things that are factually true. Like the government has experimented on, experimented on people. The U S Navy currently has poisoned the water in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And so Hawaii citizens like have poisoned water. Like they can't, it's like a mess. Like these things are actually happening. The government is actually like very, environmentally irresponsible and Mm -hmm. so like as much as a crank conspiracy live in a trailer distrust everything vibe that he has going on like he it's what's so frustrating about that is it's hard to come up with a counter example to that because like frequently they're they're right in like the core of what they mean like they just go way too far and Mm -hmm. just way too out there for it but yeah a classic heartbreaking decision. Uh, the most horrible person you know made a point that's extremely <laughs> correct. Worst person you know just made a great point. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's interesting to pair somebody with like this very traditional conspiratorial thinking to like what how we see that kind of thing uh, manifest itself in real life with like Mulder who like. It's not vibing with him at all, even though, like, they're kind of on the same wavelength to a degree. But, like, Mulder just hates the guy so much and the guy hates Mulder so much that, like, even with this commonality, they don't get along because Mm -hmm. the dude is very anti-Semitic and assumes Mulder is Jewish. And Mulder just thinks he's, like, like a hillbilly loser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do like that, too, of, like, you know, kind of somewhat examining Mulder's relationship to conspiratorial thinking and like the mainstream with like somebody who is very much like a guy that who automatically distrusts every single thing that u.s government does whether it's fair or unfair yeah this man's not vaccinated 100%. No. i mean he's dead but like he would not be vaccinated if he wasn't <laughs> but unfortunately Mulder and crump are almost out of gas so they do need to stop and get gas and so they're getting prepared. Mulder's written a note for Scully. But the the tyrants of the gas station <laughs> will not let Mulder get free gas. <laughs> they took one look at his getup and knew that he could afford it. Right. Yeah. yeah they're like, boy, you better come in and pay. <laughs> exactly. He, he pulls in, parks on the wrong side, and so he has to like, grab the longer hose which, like, I've been there. I just took a road trip, and I, like, did that. I pulled in because I was driving not my car. And a friend of the show, Brett, was like, you're on the wrong side. And I was like, okay, like, let me circle around. I circle around. <laughs> still am on the wrong side. And he's like, no, you you, you didn't switch positions at all. <laughs> and I was like, okay, hold on. Let me circle the entire gas station <laughs> so I can orient myself correctly. So, like, yes, I get that Mulder, but it's very funny. <laughs> I think after having like a gun to your head and being forced to drive 70 miles an hour is <laughs> probably the last thing to yeah. occur to you. <laughs> what side exactly. the gas tank is on. Yeah, and but- it's like, yeah, he drives four tourists so much. Like he should know by now. <laughs> yeah, you should know which one it's on. I feel like they didn't change it in their design, but 
But I, I get it, though. It's He's got a lot to think about. He, right. That's like the lowest on the totem pole. So instead, he just steals the other car that's been full of gas. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So Scully's at their place, and she gets a call from the sheriff. And it's really fuzzy, so she starts to, like, really put to, like, she follows the fuzz of the cell phone and finds the U.S. government uh, electric box and starts to kind of put some pieces together. Um, that leads her to Project Seafarer. Scully looks into the Project Seafarer and finds out that the, it's like this uh, antenna array. I'm, I'm not good with, like, physics. So a lot of this is like, I was like, I don't really know what they're saying. I tried to look into it. I got really bored quickly. <laughs> I don't know if you looked into it at all, Laura. I didn't actually. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was some sort of antenna, very like a, it's like a very it, long, low frequently frequency or something. Yeah. It's like super low frequency, like antenna thing. Yeah, I think in real life it's Project Harp with two A's. Mm -hmm. It's kind of based on some original stuff. I was reading the book and it says, Researcher Lee Smith contacted the military and several military contractors to ask about this, like what unclassified details they could say. Mm -hmm. And Smith says, it's a funny thing, but when I talked to everybody the first time and they asked about if the, the waves could harm anyone, they were like, no, that's impossible. <laughs> then totally out of the blue, a couple of them called me a few weeks later. They both said something like, look, I couldn't tell you this the first time, but the answer is yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's, that's very reassuring. Right. It just like, like, I didn't like look into it, but just like knowing that like things like LRADs exist, it's like, oh yeah, no, I can totally see the military using sound frequencies to be bad, to hurt people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Is that the weapons, one they use like, a protest? Mm-hmm. Where they like blast the like really loud net sound at protest. Yeah, and it can um, make you go deaf. Mm. It's really fascinating because I think I I kind of remember like when f cell phones were first coming around, there was a lot of worry about like you know holding it up to your ear, mm -hmm. like they were worried about like causing brain cancer or something. And I do think it's interesting because like I think for some of that, like we've had radio waves and everything for a while, right? So like. I'm not necessarily worried about that, but I it is one of those things where like I wonder what like exists now that's gonna be like the DDT of our future. <laughs> <laughs> that we're gonna be like, why the hell are we using that? Right. Microplastics. Microplastics. It's yes. absolutely microplastics. Microplastics are already here. Yep. It is 100% <laughs> microplastics. And we are yeah. of the same generation and we are full of microplastics, just like our yeah. grandparents were full of lead. Yes, yes. Uh, we're gonna it's like, you know, like we're like the joke about boomers. Being unhinged because they were all yeah like full of lead. <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna be like old and just like losing it and like doing Q stuff, but like because our brains are full of microplastics. Because <laughs> it's, it's all the microplastics, we can't help it. Yeah, and like all the like um some of the growth hormones in food. I think too. I think food is definitely one of those things that like because mm, like kids are having are hitting um puberty like well, earlier and earlier. I don't know if that's food related or something else, but like. It's very weird. <laughs> it's like a, there's like a, a lot of factors to do with that. Yeah. I was going to say exposure to like hot takes on Reddit, I think is going to damage us a lot. Oh yeah. Yes. My foresee. brain's cooked. Yeah. With, with the array, I, and again, you know, I was fully depending on science corner to kind of, uh, 
Sorry, I to cradle me. No, it's I. I just didn't even look into it even a little bit. I didn't even remotely try to understand. But what? <laughs> but what I gathered from the episode was that it's it's causing like some sort of rising pressure. It starts out as at a low frequency, but over mm-hmm. time it builds up, right, and then eventually mm-hmm. causes the catastrophic. It seems like rain. it's just like really bad tinnitus that is also like building pressure in the skull and like that when the pressure just like is too much that's whenever the the brains explode or whatever but yeah crump offers an olive leaf to Mulder and apologizes (laughs) for being so anti-semitic which Mulder like doesn't take the apology yeah (laughs) as he shouldn't but yeah I get, but like he's trying and he's like very, you know, callous to him. And then Scrub is like, never mind then. <laughs> I'm actually not sorry if you're going to be a bitch about it. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think Crump's apology is something to the effect of, hey, about all the Jew stuff, no offense. <laughs> right. And Mulder's kind of like, I guess that's an apology and I don't accept it. <laughs> yeah. I like Mulder's response of, oh, is that an apology? I'm starting to tear up. I'm not sure I can see the road with all the tears in my eyes. (laughs) Yeah. He's so based for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's really nice because we'll get to this later. But the Mulder rating for me, uh, much like everything else, escalates pretty steadily throughout the episode. But it's nice for Mulder to have like a target of the rating that's just, like just as worthy of what he's spitting out. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. Kind of getting like a, a human sense to like the pain that like the US government and the experiments they've actually done on people are like this guy's trying to live his life and he is, you know, suffering. Like when Mulder's asking him about what happens and he's like what were you doing? What was your wife doing? And he's like tearing up but he's thinking about his wife who is now dead. And he's just like, she was just cooking breakfast, man. Like she was just making breakfast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why did this happen to us? She suddenly got sick and I didn't know what to do. And it's, it's so heartbreaking. It's, it's so, it's perfect. Like it's great writing. It's, you feel so bad for the dude, even though he is like shitty. Right. <laughs> and Mulder does give him a bit of a pep talk and he's like, man, you got to stay alive. You got to stick it to him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> For me at that moment, like when he has little pep talk, that was kind of where Crump is starting to give these real live free or die vibes mm-hmm. that I think taps yeah. into all of that spiel that I had earlier. Where it's just like, if I can't make it through this whole experiment, then what was what is the point of mm-hmm. staying alive? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. When he was just like, it's not right to do this to a man. Like, just yeah. kill him at that point. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And <laughs> we have one of the Kelly cops, motorcycle cops. I guess they're chips, right? The California Highway, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Bring Mulder a phone. It's <laughs> <laughs> so Mulder's going to get to talk and exchange information, even though they're pretty much on the same page at this mm-hmm. point. But Scully tells him about the ELFs and um, Scully gets to theorize here and it's really fun because like this is usually Mulder's bit, but he's been in a car the entire time and he's been driving like through the night. Yeah. (laughs) And Scully's just like, I have it all laid out. Here's my theory. It's great. What if? (laughs) It's like, thank you, Vince. Thank you for giving her something to do because usually they really, they can really neglect Scully sometimes. Yeah. It's like she's the one who's putting like 
all of the pieces together because like Mulder's not he doesn't have as much like until this point he doesn't have the information about like the low frequency like noises and stuff and so yeah it's like really nice to have Scully kind of be the one that's just like okay and then this is why and they kind of even go off of each other a little bit back and forth and like Mm -hmm. that's really nice too yeah totally Scully's fix is she thinks that if she stabs the inside of his ear Mm -hmm. with a very large needle it'll alleviate the pressure right he'll probably be deaf but he'll at least be alive which crump is game for and he asked mr Mulder to go a little faster (laughs) so he's he's going like 80 and we get a sense of like crump's fate at this point if like it's not getting any better and like they're running out of real estate and Mulder's going as fast as like a 90s car could do yeah <laughs> and it's just like oh, man i was gonna say i think that crump kind of knows what the deal is at that point too because he mm-hmm. has that line where he's like but i'll live right and he feels so resigned you know like his yeah. his words are saying one thing but his tone is saying another Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like when he's saying, could you go a little bit faster? You know, it's almost kind yeah. of like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I could see, I could see that reading. It's like, um, this, this sort of like, he, he's kind of coming to terms that like, as much as he's pissed that like he was being unwillingly tested on, he's sort of like, well, it's my life. Like if this, I'm just going to become deaf because of something the US government did. But yeah, you're right. It is, it does seem like he's a little like, mm, knows to get he even says like before when they reach california he's like we're running out of space like there's only so much west left scully is took (laughs) she took a a justice department jet to california to wait on the coast for Mulder with her needle and Mulder just keeps driving and she runs after him but crump is already dead and Mulder's like not to like rag on him, but like mm, this is a David Duchovny's best acting. Work. <laughs> he could have put a little bit more face acting in there, but you know, I was the other thing I was thinking about the homicide. What it's like one thing you got like Andre Bauer and Vincent D'Onofrio, two like powerhouses of acting, and you have like David Duchovny and Brian Cranston. <laughs> it's like Brian Cranston can carry his weight, but can David Duchovny? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, Sorry, David. actually, but, I'm not that. Sorry, you yeah. are dating a 30 year old. <laughs> Uh, and he's not going to listen to this, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, he'll listen, but he's just not going to tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't face us after what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad moment of, you know, Crump died. It was all for naught. And it's just, yeah, like there's a complete, so many victims of the U.S. government in this episode with the meter reader and uh, Vicky Crump, Patrick Crump. All those birds, all those dogs, like, sheesh. We then have the final scene of Kirsch yelling at them, which Mm -hmm. we're used to Skinner, but never about money. Like, Kirsch is like, you're wasting money. And and Mulder is just already not having it with Kirsch. Like, they already hate each other. (laughs) The scene almost feels like maybe Skinner should have been yelling about them about the cost of everything this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Kirsch has a really great line of like, you uh, you two obviously relish the role of martyr. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's like, I mean, yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
so Mulder leaves and Scully's there and she tells Kirsch like he's been through a lot like this is really tough on Mulder and Kirsch says and you apologize for him a lot I've noticed that and Scully's I'm not apologizing for this <laughs> like you yeah. misunderstand me that was not that was context that wasn't an apology mm-hmm. and she says like we saved lives and he's like I- you can't prove that <laughs> I don't I actually don't really care if you save lives or not like you're not apl- like you don't work for the X-Files. You shouldn't be doing anything with the X-Files. Like, yeah. everything else is inconsequential to him. And it's fun to have them have, like, an adversary in that way. Honestly, yeah. I really like it. I think it's a great change to the show. Yeah, it's also very realistic. Like, he doesn't care that they saved lives. Like, the FBI yeah. doesn't care. That's not what it's about. Yeah. That's sure. not an excuse. Yeah. But it's just, like, bless Pickens Jr.'s heart. Kirsch is such a bullshit character, though, because he's ranting to them about the cost of the money like that's ever been the government's concern (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. it is not concerned about like the waste of human life um and in the same Mm -hmm. breath just contradicts both of those perspectives and it's just like Mm -hmm. well what are you you're just kind of like a a government i don't know linebacker essentially yeah going to bat Mm -hmm. for all of this dumb shit that the cigarette smoking man is doing but like when when we take you out of a field in a bull <laughs> and move you into the emptiness of nevada that's when kirsch gets really upset mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just i don't i don't understand the man yeah i think he just wants to be <laughs> mad i think so like i think that's stay mad bro yeah i will say like he does seem to be mostly governed by this like adversarial spirit against Mulder and Scully. Like he hates them off the bat. Yeah. I I get what you're saying, but I think to me, like he is, he feels like this sort of like, uh, everybody else is wasteful, but I'm determined to like, you know, cut cost. And like, this is like a personal crusade rather than like Mm -hmm. a justice department ordinance or something. Yeah. It does feel personal. Yeah. Uh, but the the human life thing is especially like a sting. Like that is like okay. Like this is not. I this is not what I wanted FBI like assistant director to say that like he doesn't really care about human life. Like right. That was that that is tough. <laughs> like that is very like okay. Like they did save people's lives. You have to give it to them for that at least. You could say that they can't be doing that because it's the X Files and all that stuff. But like yeah, and that's the episode. So we have our segments, and we start with Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! Our Mulder rating. He's not extra annoying. Like he's annoying because he like drags Scully into like ruining her career again for <laughs> nothing. I'm used to that but, like, at that she point, also honestly. Goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted about this, but like this is so like. Kim Wexler coded like just trying to <laughs> completely destroy your life because like you're in love with this like little loser man <laughs> it's like they are honestly flops like both the women are kind of flops so I'm giving him a 3.5 I like I like this Mulder he didn't really bother me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Laura yeah I'm actually giving him a 5.5 because I don't I didn't think he was really annoying at all during this episode. He was having to put up with a lot dealing with Crump. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, Scully chose to go to Nevada. Like, I, that, she chose. She's just as bored investigating people who are buying yes. a ton of, like, like fertilizer as he is. So, 
yeah, I, I didn't find him that annoying. I, I actually kind of liked him during this episode, so. Yeah, fair enough. Um, this one's tough because I always view it as, like, how annoying is Mulder the person to be sitting mm-hmm. next to? Um, yeah. and if I was in Crump's <laughs> shoes, like, very much so, like, I'm dying, my wife just died, everybody <laughs> that I know and live next, my dog just died. Right. Yes. Yeah, I've never been more tense in my life, and I've got this guy who's just kind of cracking wise about my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's really hard for me to kind of come to an even rating. Um, That's fair. Gosh, I don't know. I'd say probably somewhere at, as a five. I'm thinking about this as like Jose Chung's, uh, you know, not tipping the guy as like a nine. Um, right. So like my, my yeah. Mulder rating is not consistent whatsoever. I'll be up with that. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, I think that Mulder was doing the best that he could given the circumstances that he put everybody else into. Um, <laughs> the circumstances that, really that, that he chose. Exactly, yeah. right. For everybody else. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. I don't know, I think he's like a five. Um, he's probably pretty annoying to Kirsch, you know, um, but uh, as we've established, I don't, I don't really care for Kirsch, and so I think that much like Crump, <laughs> he can take it. Yeah, they're just yeah. like antagonists to get each other, right? <laughs> right yeah and kirsch also yeah. um he says at the end of the episode that he's like shutting down the x-files which is really fun to me as a viewer in 2023 knowing full well <laughs> that there's another movie and a revival in addition to three more seasons of the regular show how many times how many chris carters does it take to shut down the x-files just one <laughs> but how many times <laughs> um <laughs> this is the second time at least yeah because it was the Dwayne Berry or the end of season one and now okay the X-Files is reopened they are just not assigned to it right they're removed from it right that's fair. yeah I misspoke Mulder has been had been I think he still kind of actively is but he was has been trying to piece together the X-Files um using science stuff <laughs> uh to re like to get them back from the fire and everything. Um, I don't know if he's still actively doing that because like him and him and Spinder don't get along, right? So he can't really go it like last in the beginning he was like in the office and um Spinder was like, What are you doing in my office? <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> okay. Next we have So uh this must be the enigmatic agent scully our sassiest scully moment i don't think she was like super sassy during this episode but there were definitely like little tidbits sprinkled through that were really enjoyable i'm gonna have to give it though to the very end of the episode um whenever they're talking to kirsch and like Mulder says like this is all just like a big pile of manure or whatever and then like kind of like leaves and then Scully kind of continues to be chewed out. And then at the very end, she's just like big old pile of manure. Yes. Love her. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Nick. Yeah. I was so extremely confident that we all had the same moment that I didn't even try to look for another one. It's big piles of manure for me. Um, <laughs> not only just right. because of, you know, the content of what she's saying, but also that she's mimicking or mirroring uh, Mulder. Which is never a good position for Scully to be in. I think that's no. when she is at her worst. <laughs> yeah. 
That's interesting because I thought Laura was going to take her yelling at the guy, like walking in and yeah, like, get out. We're quarantining this lab. Um, oh, that yeah. was that was it. And then I don't know. I just really like the big old pyranewer at the end. Like it kind of yeah. trumped the other one for me. <laughs> she really does get the last word. Yeah. Yeah. My other one I had was the uh, Scully's. I'm not apologizing for this because I thought that was perfect. Because right. like we have seen her apologize for Mulder a lot. Like Kirsch is not wrong. But like in this instance, she's like, no, like he saved lives. Like mm-hmm. he is actually good. And I'm tired of y'all saying that he isn't. And bump <laughs> <laughs> that up. And it's nice to see her at that point of like, no, like he I'm not apologizing for him. I'm not apologizing for what we did. We saved lives. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. I agree. And lastly, welcome. You've got mail. Our 90s moment, Nick. Uh, gosh, there's really a whole lot of good stuff to choose from in this one, despite not being given a whole lot um, in terms of, you know, separate locations. Uh, for me, when they go to Crump's neighbor's house and she's watching with the old like blocky, um, like kind of what do you call it? Scrolling closed captioning as opposed mm. to where it's all kind of automatically subtitled. That really took me back. Yeah, like live TV captioning, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just comes out one in that same style, like one like kind of character or line of dialogue at a time. Mm-hmm. They just don't caption like they used to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can I briefly complain about how I hate like this new Instagram thing where they do like one word at a time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate that so much. And I don't even know why. I just think it's like so quick. Yeah. If you need more time to read it, it's just like I was da da ba 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 ba, and I'm like, okay, look, like this isn't the spirit of caption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how accessible is this? Right. Well, most of the time, it's not even synced to like what is actually being said, which is also right. kind of irritating to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. very irritating to me. Uh, Laura. My 90s moment is going to be the cold open with the like sort of like news crew helicopter following this like car chase on the highway. I did look very OJ Simpson. Yeah, I was like, I did look this up. It's four years after OJ Simpson because it does have that like OJ Simpson totally shutting down a major highway in LA car chase Mm -hmm. kind of vibes to it. Um, Still very present. Even when it like cuts out. Mm hmm. Still very present in like everyone's minds whenever they're watching the show is the OJ mm-hmm. Simpson car chase for sure. Um, so yeah, that's mine for me. It just it's very nineties television newscast. I do think mm-hmm. that that was so funny uh, to me that this one car chase in mm-hmm. rural Nevada was enough to like make the news <laughs> in rural. I know. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, I'm sure they like, all just share a station at that point. I think I they know. were pretty <laughs> close to each other geographically if they were in southern Idaho and northern Nevada. Yeah. I'm that makes sense. Oh, also, I was going to say about the O.J. Simpson thing. I watched the 30 for 30 where they, like, tackle the subject, but they only use, like, contemporary news art, like, footage from it, like, archival footage. And so... Uh, when you were watching, when I was watching it, like there were so many news copters, and they got so much like the bugs from one network are on the other network because they're all just interfering with each other, oh. and it got so bad. Like the police were like, "Y'all need to like move back. Like you're interrupting our communication." But like, yeah, it would be like Fox broadcast and the NBC bugs on there because like it's just all interfering. It was crazy. 
See, I wasn't even thinking about that. We had just watched um, Home, and uh, an episode that's kind of got this moment about bad TV reception. I just assumed that that's what that was, but that makes way more sense to me that that's what the the features would be. My 90s moment, I had two, because I thought somebody else was going to do the tinfoil on the antenna bit, because that really (laughs) cracked me up. So either that one or... (laughs) The occupation of meter reader, because most residential meters are on a remote, like they get read every 15 minutes. The only like manual meters are businesses. So that one really cracked me out, too. (laughs) So that was the episode. I think this is a fantastic. It is not the season opener, but I think this is a fantastic season opener. It just it gives you a lot of information in like a really a well done way, like. Mulder and Scully are not on the X-Files, but they're still going to try to investigate X-Files. So, like, we're getting the setup of, like, how the season is going to be without them being on the X-Files. Like, how does the show be about the X-Files when they're not assigned to it? And two, like, introducing characters like Kirsch and introducing us to California, I think as much as... um, I used to not be, like, a California... the move to California hater, but something about, like, I don't know time or whatever i just like am not (laughs) not vibing with like the whole set but i think for this episode it really worked because it was like taking place in nevada there is a lot of like big open spaces it makes sense to be driving on a highway that long like you know you can't do this in like the east coast like you can't go 70 80 in the east coast so it is a great use of their new environment this is like the season six opener to me in my heart (laughs) the beginning doesn't exist Plus, it looks like what it's supposed to look like, you know, kind of famously. Uh, everything else looked like Vancouver, despite what they told you it was supposed to be. This is the annoying part where, like, they're just going to, like, take all these episodes are going to take place in Southern California now. Like, <laughs> so many of them take place in Southern California now because, like, they really can't pass this off as anything else. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching the Homicide episode because it was nice to see the inspiration, but it also was, like, cool to see Vince's take on it. Yeah. And I think they're both fantastic episodes, but like in different ways. I think the subtlety of like Vincent D'Onofrio's character being an asshole is like a little bit different than Crump. Like <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio just gets shoved by like some dude who we don't really get his motivation other than like he did this previously in Chicago and he was in a psych ward for a little bit. So like, I guess his motivation is that he's mentally ill. It's very like dodgy there, but like, I agree. yeah, it was, it was great. It would have been a lot easier, and the Homicide episode had a lot of room to do this, um, to just kind of use the city as a setting and just be like, yeah, um, Lang is just kind of an asshole, and he rubbed me the wrong way. He was acting like his time was more important than everybody else in that opening montage, which he does. He pushes mm-hmm. ahead of people to get on the train. Yeah, exactly. I think that would have been great to have a character who saw that as motivation enough. Mm-hmm. But this is an X-Files podcast. <laughs> and yeah, I love Drive. It's a great episode. Um, <laughs> Vince is popping off yet again, and it's great to see the origin of Vince and Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here on a Vince episode. That's kind of um, that's how I know I've made it in the in the <laughs> condensed truth universe. Yeah, you you've done Darren and Vince. You've really done the heavy hitters mm-hmm. of the X Files, honestly. And there's a lot in here that's like it's preludes to his other works. Like we definitely get shades of X Cops, regardless of. Um, Yes. You know, how we ultimately feel about X-Cops, but he's kind of sharpening his yeah. teeth for I that. I thought about X-Cops a lot, yeah. Yeah. 
just with the meta commentary of you know what Fox is kind of mandating in the writers' room, and also just like what is what is media to begin with. Um, why are we reporting on things like this? I also like the problem of this episode, at least as I understood it, as someone who didn't try very hard to understand it. <laughs> but the way that the ELF kind of causes the rising pressure in the temple over time, you know, this sort of sustained momentum throughout the episode, I mean, those are kind of one and the same, very closely related to me. And I thought that, mm-hmm. that was a really neat bit of synergy that's going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely big fan of this episode obviously we chose i chose it but (laughs) i was like kind of feeling down about the podcast like it's a lot of work i feel like it wouldn't give me a lot of reward but like but season six is a nice place the show was kind of trying to reinvent itself and in an interesting way it kind of felt the monotony of the seasons like as much as i like like season five it was like the mythology starting to feel the same you know (laughs) everything's starting to feel the same so I'm kind of, I feel like season six takes place in a good place for the podcast and the show in general. I think it's a nice, where do we go from here? Like, how do we reinvent ourselves kind of thing? So, yeah. For me, um, you know, I don't watch this nearly as often as the two of you do. um, But having watched this episode in preparation to talk about it on the podcast, Drive is really an episode that makes you want to watch more of the X-Files. Like, I watched Mm -hmm. this... Then we went right into um, Triangle, and then I was like, I you know, I, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I, gosh, I have complicated feelings about Triangle. I used okay. to, the first time that I watched it, I thought that Triangle was like an inferior episode just because of, I, di- I didn't like the framing. I didn't like the framing of it, but it does a lot that's really interesting, you know, in terms of like that shot, the composed shot in the hallway, like, that's enough. That's enough for me. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So Drive is good at making you remember what's what's there to like about the X-Files. I think mm-hmm. that it's really, really, really good. It's a really good episode. Yeah, so that's our episode today. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are Condensed Truth on Twitter. If you'd like to email us, we are CondensedTruthPod at gmail.com. Uh, I don't think we're talking about a ton of season six episodes, so questions for the bonus episode coming up in i don't know like 10 episodes or whatever whatever we do anyway just send bonus um questions if y'all have them next time we are talking we're going into the next episode actually uh season six episode three triangle so excited to talk about that uh i think tori is coming back on so that'll be fun and i (laughs) will I've not edited the one for the movie yet, but the movie episode will be coming out eventually <laughs> when I sit down and do it. And yeah, thank you to Nick for coming on and follow Nick at uh, Nick Rich Writes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, on Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. Yes. Don't follow me anywhere <laughs> else. Just on Twitter, please. No, just on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't follow me um, in traffic behind my EMT. Um, as I'm getting <laughs> ported west. Um, yes. It was very convenient that the uh, the EMS was going west, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that feels a little bit lucky <laughs> on his part. Because <laughs> they would not have turned around for him. <laughs> so fun to have you on, Nick. We'll definitely have you back on. Um, yeah, maybe for a not a Vince episode. I don't know. You know, Vince or not Vince, I'm here to talk about 
whatever. I do think a, a lot of the episodes are gonna be Vince's because, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody else left. Glenn, James, Howard, Darren, everybody's gone except Vince. He's holding down the fort, him and Chris. Yeah, that's the episode. This is the wrap up. <laughs> Everyone have a nice weekend. Bye. <laughs>